Podcast. I am one of the few people who think the Patriots are actually going to be really good this year. Let's go! Oh, God. It's me. It's Kevin Wilder. Shocker! Surprise! All right, welcome to the latest episode of the R. Bill Simmons podcast, and thank you to Wiser Times for the intro music and Zach Blatter for the podcast art. I'm coming to you today with what I think is going to be a fascinating show, a little bit different than our typical show about Bill. We're getting deep here. We're getting philosophical. We're getting into the podcast genre an examination of Bill Simmons. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And to do this with us today is Neil. What's going on, man? Tribe. Awesome to be on the show. I uh, just want to give a shout out to the R. Bill Simmons community. Um, I'm a newly minted member of it. And I uh, am super happy that I found, uh, besides Tribe the host, I found my tribe on Reddit. And it's been, a, it's been an incredible journey getting to know the community sharing all our takes together simultaneously on uh, on our friend Bill Simmons, who I'd like to propose should be now called Shill Simmons <laughs> until he moves on to his next endeavor, either more money from Spotify or he does the next thing, which, you know, by the end of the podcast, I think he's on to the next thing. But uh, it's that. awesome, Tribe. I love being on the show, love listening, and uh, just it's going to be so much fun. Well, I appreciate the kind words and the, the way that we met on Twitter. It was on Twitter, and it was because you you always sent very nice messages and replies to what, I, what I've been posting, but also great content in the replies. And that's ultimately kind of what you're referencing is that you're not the only one feeling this way about Bill Simmons. And so a lot of people, they either find this podcast, they find the subreddit, what, what have you. And they go, wow, these thoughts I've been having about Bill and the BS pod and me listening to it, maybe I'm doing a little bit less. Did I change? Did Bill Simmons change? Did the world change? And so I think we're, we're going to get in, into a lot of that. But before we do that, I do want to say highly appreciate the kind words about the podcast and all the interactions that, that we have because that does mean a lot. So much appreciated. Oh, always, Trad. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a reciprocal cycle uh or ecosystem of just like-minded individuals you know we're all coming we're all coming to the bill simmons pod as uh as fans and we know it's not his best work that's out there anymore and that's what we loved is the best of bill was great give us more of that this other guy i don't know what's going on with him but luckily we have the community of each other to kind of go through whatever shambolic rambles uh are, are, you know, Shill Simmons is now doing. I love that. And let so let's start with your beginning relationship with Bill Simmons. How were you introduced to the BS pod and how'd you, how'd you find it? Oh yeah. So for me, it, I mean, I've always been a real casual sports guy as a kid. 
Uh, you know, one thing that's real funny about Bill Simmons and myself is that we're both divorced kids. I wasn't an only child. I was the eldest of uh, with two other younger siblings. But I felt like it was something I could relate to with Bill Simmons. Um, you know, one of the one of the dynamics that kind of can emerge with a divorced kid is that depending on whoever the worst parent was, yeah. you're kind of looking for a replacement or uh, another figure to kind of fill in that role. So for me, it was always father figures. You know, I love my dad. I know, you know, I, I keep in touch with him to, to this day. But, um, you know, I was always someone that was collecting father figures in my life and public figures, podcasts, parasocial connections. Uh, Bill Simmons was that perfect guy for me that that kind of just fit into the next chapter of my life I, that I was entering. You know, I was in a long term relationship happily married you know girlfriend became fiance now wife we're almost there at 20 years together 10 years married and what was great is that uh that me entering that chapter of my life as a father was the same time that I was entering uh my newfound uh sports fandom mm. so you know when you have a kid you end up taking like a hydrogen bomb to whoever your old self was that all gets detonated as you're trying to rebuild. How do I fit in work? How do I become a good parent, uh, a present parent? How do you continue to remain a good husband? All of those things, you basically, after, after a kid, you're rebuilding your life. And that first, I mean, that first year of your first child is so critical in terms of you know, being present for, for, your, for your child as they're going through the different stages of being a newborn, an infant, toddler. But then on top of that, like, you, it's, a, it's a real great moment. Uh, you know, one of the things that's awesome is being a parent is you have the ultimate excuse of, oh, I got I to gotta take care of my kid to get out of anything socially you don't view as necessary. And uh, so besides uh, being a, a disruptive kind of explosive force, in someone's life, it's, it's a great reset button to figure out what's important from my pre-parent days to what's important that I carry going forward. So in my case, uh, you know, um, going through the motion, I, like I was always just Johnny on the spot, always willing to help my wife uh, with, with, our, with, our, with our firstborn or my baby daughter at the time. And uh, so for me, uh, you know, it's such a disruptive force to become a new parent. You're going through sleep deprivation. You basically have to relearn the sleep cycles for yourself as you're coping with teaching that or socializing your child into sleep cycles. They have no concept, uh, you know, about the about what a what a day night cycle is when they're born into this world. So uh, I, I was there, like my wife and I were coping with our newborn. And uh, as I was going through that first year, my daughter was born in December of 2016. And for me, uh, I was always a casual sports fan. So I was kind of plugged into the L.A. sports teams, always the big marquee team. So I was I'm a huge Dodger fan, grew up a casual Dodger fan, grew up a casual Laker fan. Uh, wasn't really a Rams guy, but I jumped on that bandwagon in 2018. And so for me, that summer of 2017, my daughter's entering, she's approaching her first birthday. Dodgers go on that incredible World Series run against the, the, the team that we had yet to view as the villain, the Houston Astros. And I just 
hooked my I hooked my my attention to to that run during the summer and it was like a light switch went off. I don't know if it was sleep deprivation tribe. I don't know if it was just me subconsciously choosing to rebuild that next chapter of my life, but it went from casual to I need to know everything about the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And it just was the launch off or the launch pad for an incredible journey into my sports fandom. Interesting. So you now did you know who Bill Simmons was prior to 2016? No. Uh, no. And oh, that's what that what was mind blowing. So my my when I first hitched my wagon to the Dodgers that year, I just <clears throat> I loved all of it. I mean, I had to go through the mourning process of the Dodgers losing that World Series, but the for me the uh I wanted more. It just wasn't enough to learn about the Dodgers, read about the bios of the players, try to get an idea of the uh, decades-long narrative or where where is MLB going in general. Like Plugging into all of those narrative and storylines, it just felt like a universe opened up in front of me and it's time to explore. So for me, uh, uh, a buddy's like, oh, you want to get into sports? Go on the Bleacher app. I go on the Bleacher app. The first thing you do when you set up your Bleacher Report account is it asks you, what do you want to follow? And I made the mistake of turning on like most of the notifications and for the next like two hours. I'm getting hit with all kinds of tags of just this player is going to this team in the NFL. Uh, MLB rumors. Here's what's going on with the Astros in, in the postseason. Um, just all kinds of different stories like that. And I was like, all right, this is too much. I hate this. I, I, how do you, how are you supposed to filter out everything that's going on in the universe of sports? I don't even know what I want to watch outside of baseball right now. And so for me, uh, very quickly, I just put, um, I put like, um, I think I put like top, top, cause I was already a podcast fan. So I put in like top, top sports podcasts into my wow, Google okay. search and Bill Simmons name came up and I was, I had heard of him in certain headlines you know, because just a few years prior to that, Bill Simmons was making like the New York Times front page with getting fired from ESPN. Um, he was doing, I was already a huge fan of HBO and was already signed up for HBO, uh, HBO Now. So I would see his stuff and I was familiar with him, but I wasn't a fan of him yet. And so I had a long commute. I had something like... Um, Oh, I don't know. I had at least two hours round trip that I was doing. Wow. And I put Bill Simmons in the pod, in my podcast player, and I started listening and I loved it. So now what uh did you did you try any other pods? Maybe part of my take or the sports radio guys like Coward or uh Rosillo even? See, I I did not. I luckily Los Angeles is a, has a huge AM radio market. And uh, the, the Dodgers have a fantastic have they are on one of the biggest AM radio uh, bandwidths or frequencies here in Los Angeles. But I just never enjoyed I never enjoyed AM sports talk. So for me, none of those personalities really resonated with me. Like the thing that I appreciated with Bill and um, and his podcast at the time, you know, late 2017 was uh I loved how conversational he was. I loved and really enjoyed the people he was bringing on as guests that weren't sports affiliated and what he was able to extract in the conversations. 
it was it was just really um, it was an illumination on what sports was uh, going from casual to fan and then realizing that so many people are plugged into these different sports narratives that are happening uh, or stories that are really fascinating. And it doesn't matter how much of a fan you are. The fact that it was important to you and Simmons was speaking about that as kind of like a part MC, part best friend uh, that he would get from his guests at that time was really cool. Was really cool. I really enjoyed everything that he was that he was doing on the on the pod. Okay, now you are a big Dodgers fan. Yes, but he is not talking that much about baseball these days, and even then, wasn't talking as much about it. So clearly, you listening, you had to be okay or happy with the NFL and NBA discussion. You know, and that's the thing is he had enough content at that time with MLB. Uh, I was lucky enough to find Ben Lindbergh and the Ringer MLB podcast while it was still there for the, for the last couple of years that it was there to uh, really enjoy that content. And then what's funny is Dave Roberts, uh, manager of the Dodgers, is like the critical is one of the critical guys of that Red Sox run in 20, uh, 2003. And so. He had Red Sox fan 2004. 2004, I'm sorry. 2003 was the Aaron Boone game seven oh. off against Tim Wakefield's knuckleball. Oh, so I have to, it's ingrained in my memory, so I have to correct it. No, that's fair. That's more than fair, Trev. Um, yeah, and he had Dave Roberts on give the play-by-play of how he went from stealing first base to third, eventually getting that run that, that pushed them forward in 2004. So there was enough. There was enough baseball content that had me float around the ringer for a bit, and I had no idea how quickly that was going to deflate. Interesting. Okay, so you you really joined for the baseball. Now, I love hearing this because there's a lot of talk out there. It's both on Bill Simmons' Twitter and the sub that Bill never talked about baseball, and he doesn't even follow it, so why would he even have a pod about it? And my response is always – you can have on great guests. Ben Lindbergh, I think he was the best baseball writer at Grantland. When he had pieces out, it's it, it was like a Zach Lowe and Bill Barnwell where it makes you look at the game in a different way. It gets into the very analytical piece. So there's quantitative stuff, but there's also good enough qualitative discussion. And when, when those two things mix to me and you can craft a narrative – while also using stats to prove it, that's fucking glorious to me. I love that stuff. And I think Ben Lindbergh, it would almost be a mystery. Like you're reading his pieces and then you find out what exactly the conclusion is at the end. So I totally love that stuff. And there's absolutely no reason why Bill shouldn't have him or anyone covering baseball on the podcast. This doesn't make sense. Oh, completely, Tribe. And that's the thing, right? Like Bill has, Bill Simmons has said himself, that one of his models for writing is the New Yorker writer, uh, Roger Angel, who he, he ended up being like a huge Mets fan, but had just, and he just recently passed away a couple of years ago. Lindbergh on his uh, baseball pod, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of it right now. It's, a, it's on fan graphs, but uh, Lindbergh ended up going there and setting up just long form baseball discussion where, He's doing everything from player stats, some somewhat of the weekly play-by-play. Are there weekly trends emerging? 
and then just uh, we'll explore kind of different fun topics with uh, with his other podcast host over there. But what's what's hilarious is that I mean Simmons pitches himself as being inspired by MLB writers, and he's got one of the best writers in Lindbergh at the Ringer, <laughs> and then he just walks away from it. Like if anything. I mean, when you look at the eclectic mix of teams that Simmons is a fan of uh, in that Boston or New England scene, you, you know, if anybody, Bill should realize that, you know, sports is a beautiful mosaic. It's not going to be some puzzle piece Lego set you're going to put together. Or what's going to get you uh, what's going to get you the maximum amount of audience views or clicks or listens or downloads it's like we all kind of cycle and orbit around each other. And as things become more compelling, it may or may not pull you forward. Hey, people that aren't baseball fans, great. You know, enjoy whatever you're getting from compelling uh, ringer baseball pod as you can. And if you don't, you'll just keep listening to the stuff you're already listening to. And so it's just, it makes you call into a question a lot of other things that Simmons is kind of, kind of not doing when he doesn't understand that you just got to cover a lot of different bases. I mean, one of the things I love about baseball is that you got 10 men on the field. And if you're missing any of those guys, you're not going to do well at all. And, 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 and running a podcast network, I imagine is going to be something similar. You're not going to have everyone firing on all cylinders at once. Your audience is kind of cycling through all the most compelling pods as they get interested or don't get interested. So here's a perfect example I'm on the Ringer website. I'm looking at Ben Lindbergh's recent pieces. He has a January 11th article. The Dodgers advantage goes deeper than their pockets. I haven't read this. I would love to read this. I have not, I have not seen this article advertised anywhere. But as a baseball fan, I would 100% be down for this. Why can't Bill Simmons have Ben Lindbergh on his podcast for half an hour to talk this piece to talk baseball and promote the ringer. It, it literally makes zero fucking sense. And, and I think I, I swear people might say I'm crazy for this, but I legitimately think either Bill Simmons listened to the podcast or a clip of the podcast where I said, and really it was the guest who said that. Yeah. The, who, who said that the ringer is doing horrific in short form video and they should be able to do much better there. And then within a week, Bill Simmons starts doing YouTube shorts. So Bill Simmons, additional advice for you, promote your writers on your podcast, especially if there's subjects that would be interesting to a sports fan. This 100% would be Rosillo had on Jeff Passan after the, the Otani signing. And I'm talking to a sports fan right here who isn't listening to as much BS pod as he used to and would love a take from Ben Lindbergh on your podcast. Make, make it make sense, my man. Tribe, that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. And like Lindbergh's in-house, he's a trusted guy. He's from Grantland days. I think he's earned, I think he's earned 15, 20 minutes on a meandering two-hour pod that shows up three, three times a week from Bill. It's like, yo, Simmons, what the hell are you doing, man? I mean, I got, I got to really ask you, what are you doing? Lindbergh's a guy. He's not going to come on and trash the Red Sox, but let's just let's just get a nice little discussion about all the money that's flying around, especially around the Dodgers and all the big free agent signings that are going on around the league. It's just 
it's it's so weird because it's like that would be so dense and full of depth in that discussion with Lindbergh. Um, Bill wouldn't have to do any of the heavy lifting. He could do his pop. He could do his like armchair pop culture takes of something is triggered and something in what Lindbergh is saying. But like Lindbergh brings the stats. He brings the narrative. He sounds fantastic on the mics. And Simmons would literally just be in the backseat of that discussion uh, doing what he does best, like he does on the rewatchables. And um, it just, it's just doesn't make any sense to me, you know? And that's kind of what is the problem with, 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 with this recent Bill Simmons. You know, when I first met Bill Simmons in 2017, downloading the podcast, never actually meeting him. What I loved about Simmons the most is he was a divorced kid. He himself was a parent. I loved Parent Corner on Sundays because I could really relate to just how hilarious day-to-day family life is as you're trying to make the best of what you can. Um, and then the other thing that was really awesome with Simmons, not knowing what I now know about him, is that he had great deal speak about player contracts, um, you know, collective bargaining agreements. Uh, you know, 2017 was a couple years out from when MLB would eventually do their own player negotiations across the union. Um, and so he spoke enough deal speak where someone like me that was naive or a neophyte just, I took him seriously. I was just like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm intrigued. I want to learn more. And then there, and then Bill also had enough, like he especially does this in the Sunday, Sunday night pods where sometimes he'll just drop advanced stats, but he doesn't really know how to unpack them. And that was enough to me as a new listener to think like, oh, he's got some kind of, he's got some quant going on here. I, I I could dig this. Okay. But he's not, me not realizing that he's unable to explain it. I thought he was holding back for his audience, not wanting to hit him with, uh, with uh, too much analysis or anything like that, or, or getting too esoteric. I had no idea that, uh, I just thought Bill was, uh, was an incredible plugged in connected operator, not knowing that he wasn't actually any of those things. Yeah, that's hilarious. And uh, to, to, to finish off the baseball discussion, because we have a lot of things to hit on, but I just want to hit on this point specifically, which I just thought of while doing the podcast. So there, there you go. There's, we're, we're breaking new ground here. So the two, two of the most successful areas for Bill in his career I would argue were baseball first. The columns, he was writing a ton about the Red Sox in the late 90s and early 2000s. What were his initial columns for ESPN? It was, so actually the the Clemens was the Antichrist. I was listening to a podcast of his. I've said this incorrectly before. I think Bill said that was his third column and that was the one that got him the full-time job his first column was about nomar i think in early 2001 because he had just he they, he was and i remember this as a Sox fan like they everybody was primed for a 2000 a great 2001 season following 99 pedro was epic they made the alcs against the yankees 2000 little rockier 2001 everyone's pumped i think nomar is on the cover of sports illustrated rest in peace um with the shirt off and so everybody's so jacked, and then Nomar's wrist is injured, I believe. Um, and I don't know if he play, even played that much in 2001, if I'm remembering correctly. So they brought in Bill Simmons to do a column about Nomar. Okay, so his his columnist career at ESPN launches with baseball. Okay, 
when does Bill Simmons truly become the epic page two guy everybody's reading? It's the 2003-2004 Red Sox. It's, like I said before, a crushing loss in 2003. The Red Sox, I'll use the Bill Simmons we as the Red Sox, as a Red Sox fan. We should have easily won game seven. I mean, that was insane that Pedro was was pulled. And, you know, thinking about Pedro, on a Rosillo podcast, Pedro explained exactly what happened in that game. That should have been on a BS pod. So kudos to Rosillo, who, as as you guys know, listening to this podcast, has market corrected Simmons for a lot of people. And then 2004, obviously. And then also it was fun. And I one of the first Simmons columns I truly remember was a – or it was a couple ones, but it, it, it was column when Pedro – it was a column when Nomar was traded in 2004, and then it was a column when the Red Sox let Pedro go to the Mets. So at that point in my life, sports uh, – I'm not – I'm a, you know adolescent, or if I'm even saying that right, but whatever. I, sports meant a lot to me in 2004, much more than they do today. So I, I was completely crushed that Pedro left. Like I'm – in my in my bedroom, I've got a Pedro, I've got a Nomar poster, and I've got a Pedro poster. And in the span of six months, they're both fucking gone from the Red Sox, and I'm crushed as a kid because my guys growing up were Pedro, Nomar, and Manny together, and then all these things happen. So it, it's a way it's it's a way of giving context to explain that Simmons Simmons the Simmons the online columnist was made with baseball. Simmons, the book writer, was made with baseball. And let me let me give this for you. Simmons, the podcaster, was made by baseball. What was the best recurring bit? Oh, you don't know this, but yeah, I guess I'm talking to the fans here. The best recurring bit when Simmons first launched the podcast was, Johnny, are you worried yet? And long-term BS heads will know it was when he called up his buddy Jacko and he'd ask him, how worried are you about the Yankees? And this was so funny, and this led to some absolutely incredible moments because Bill would obviously call Jacko only when the Yankees were doing poorly. They'd have fun back and forths. Jacko was on the pod as often as House is on the pod these days. And everybody listening that ha- that has listened to this will, will recognize what I'm about to say, which is there was an epic podcast where – Jacko would come on earlier when the when the Yankees won the championship. I forget what year, either 08 or 09. Yeah. And he was hating on Mariano Rivera and calling like CC Sabathia's contract the bust, all this stuff. And Simmons replayed um after they had won all the stuff that Jacko had said. And uh, Jacko actually was kind of heated because he's like he, he he was completely um blindsided when Bill did this. So the, the point here is to say it's it's very odd and shocking how baseball has meant so much to Bill Simmons' personal and professional life, and now he throws it out to the wayside where he doesn't even do the bare minimum for the baseball fans out there. And so that that's what really frustrates me because I'm not sitting here saying Simmons needs to follow the game and he needs to be up to speed on the Red Sox. And, like, look, I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't follow them as much when they're not good. I think that's the average fan. Like, it's not a huge deal. But for him to not even have ringer staff writers who write about baseball, I mean, that's just – it's a huge – it's a bummer, man. It's just a bummer. And not to get too armchair psychoanalyst, but it makes you wonder, what the hell's going on in this guy's head? You know? <laughs> I mean, 
how I, like <clears throat> tribe the way you unpacked that experience i got a slice of your childhood there i want <laughs> i want to grab you by the shoulder tell you it's going to be all right and also let you know that boston boston's going to do really well in the next 12 years it's going to be okay this is the dip in the roller coaster because you're going to have a fun time for the rest of the ride. And it's just like, Simmons, what are we doing? Like, I, I don't understand why baseball has been cut out of your chest. What, what did baseball do to you, Simmons? I mean, we know what Godell did to Simmons. And it's just going, I just don't understand why, why, why he just completely walked away from it. Now, I get a sense that Simmons being an only child, He's very, uh, he's very reactive, very impulsive. And for some reason, I don't know if MLB wasn't going to give him some kind of rights or mm-hmm. insight into coverage. Um, but something about MLB, he just said, like, MLB's dying. The numbers aren't good. Our ringer pod stats show that, which, you know, we're never going to see those. And, um, uh, I, you know, I'm just walking away from the entire sport. If the city-based podcast, I couldn't even tell you the name of those pods. If the city-based podcasts want to cover the baseball teams on their episodes, great, let them do it. And I just, and then when you see CC Sabathia <clears throat> walking off the Ringer Network, yeah, um, him cutting Lindbergh, because uh, I couldn't tell you on any other pods Lindbergh's been on. I know he shows up every now and then, and he puts articles up, but I couldn't tell you any pods he's been on recently. Um, the name of Lindbergh's pod is effectively wild on fan graphs. And that's a fantastic baseball podcast, maybe a little too long, but great content. And, uh, but it makes you wonder what's, what did baseball do to bill? How savvy are you as a media guy that you don't want to cover one of the premier leagues on the planet of sports? Does MLB still in the top five compared to the other world leagues out there? right next to Premier League, the NFL, maybe not a, it's certainly a peer, but not a leader compared to those other leagues. But you're thinking, so you don't want to do mainstream MLB coverage, but then you're, uh, you're going to publish articles on a website. Like what the hell are we doing, man? The hell kind of media guy are you? And then you don't have any video either. (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love that theory that there's some hidden, there's something hidden that we don't know happened behind the scenes. I like that a lot. And and longtime listeners of the, of the RBS pod will know that uh, I my theory is that the reason Roger Aaron Rodgers hates Bill Simmons so much is because after they while they taped any given Wednesday, he made a joke about Bill's set being big. <laughs> I made this up in my head, but basically Bill took the dig and never and never lived it down. So. He holds a uh, a personal grudge against Simmons, but all right, man. So we this is this has been a great introduction, Simmons background, and whatnot. But we we got a lot to get to, and I think we we got to hit on what what we start next because we are going to get more psychoanalysis here, and I'm gonna I think we're gonna love it. I think it's gonna be fun. So why don't why don't I just let you roll on this? The stages of a friendship and how this how you examine this in the context of podcasts in 2024. Trav, I appreciate that. You know, when we and I were first joking around, uh, uh, DMing each other, I was like, God, man, I don't want to get on the pod. And not that any of the guests have been doing this. The R. Bill Simmons uh, Reddit is incredible. None of you guys are being petty. I just think, uh, you know, I was like, how do I make my pod? When I talk to Trav on the pod, 
how do I sound like I'm not just bitching about Bill Simmons <laughs> for two hours? Which is totally okay. If you wanted to go out here and do that, <laughs> your pod has been very fun doing that. <laughs> and Trav, it, I mean, it, it's a, it's a great jumping off point, but the, uh, so I started thinking to myself, I'm like, there's, there's something <clears throat> as I've, as, as Bill Simmons has faded and I'm getting, we're getting more of Shill Simmons. I keep thinking to myself, there's something else going on here. And so for me, I just kind of, I was like, well, let me just thumb through my, my, my nearby Encyclopedia Britannica. And I found that they just have like a very basic stages of a friendship. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, the way I was thinking about it is I, I would call it a podship. Uh, you know, it's that total parasocial relationship you start developing with a media personality. Um, and so I was like, you know what? The stages of friendship make sense. It's very straightforward for the most start. For the most part, we have three stages. We have a formation stage where what hooks you in. We have the maintenance stage. Does that friend continue to deliver? Do they give you reciprocal benefits? Do you provide them support that then in turn gives you additional benefits or, 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 or satisfaction as you're building on and maintaining a friendship? And then I'm sure all of us have been through it, you know, especially if you have friends at work where it's like, hey, we don't work together anymore. And all of a sudden, who you thought was friendly doesn't return your calls. And it's not a bad thing or, uh, or something to take offense to. But that last stage of a friendship is just disillusion. It, you know, it's not necessarily as, 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 as severe as divorce. Friendships fade. And I think as I have found, as, uh, as Shill Simmons has become more apparent to me, I have found the community of the R. Bill Simon Pods Reddit community to be just an incredible team of people that I want to continue to know. And I found your pod tribe. Uh, you got to love the algorithm of Twitter and Spotify. They immediately were like, hey, you listen to a lot of BS pod. What about this podcast? Twitter saying, hey, what about this Twitter feed? And I immediately was hooked. I was just like, I love what everyone's saying. We all know something's up. He, you know, Shill Simmons can't fool us anymore. Uh, what's the next move? We see the poker hand being played. What exactly is going on? Yeah, that's great. So for for formation stage, you can get into that. But then um, I'm curious of this because one of the things you have here is ringer mission statement, perfect target for me. So I'm curious. I'm curious of how that came about. Oh well, I you know I I I could not have put it. Uh, I could not have put that any any better. The uh, uh, other than the way Bill Simmons put it. Uh, you know, he did that media tour back in the fall, uh, back in this past fall, where he's going on different pods. He's on Smartless, which I had a chance to listen to that episode and was getting angry as I was listening to him talk. <laughs> um, and then uh, who is who's the guy that did the Bloomberg uh, event? Luke, where he's Luke Shaw. Yeah, that's the one where Bill reveals the, the, the mission statement of the ringer. Basically, Bill's idea of the ringer was that you're at a bar. For one reason or another, you're there. You meet a guy, you strike up a conversation, and you realize, holy cow, this stranger knows some stuff. And that is how he kind of crystallized what the ringer was supposed to be. All the content you're interacting with, whether it's a podcast or an article or a video or whatever they're publishing, you'd read it, you engage with it, and you're like, that guy knows some stuff. Now I know some stuff. I want to know more of that guy's stuff. I got to know what he thinks. I got to know his takes. Where does he, where's the best cheeseburger? Where, uh, what's, what are his favorite movies? 
What are his sports teams? Why? And listening to that, I just was just taken aback. I physically moved back in my chair that I was listening to the pod on. I usually have the, I usually have uh, something like that on in the background as I'm doing work. And uh, I just pushed my chair back, kicked my feet out, legs straight, and I'm going, if that's the ring, if that's what the, the ringer's supposed to be, the hell happened, Bill? Why did you get rid of the MLB coverage? How come you're not talking to famous people? Not that famous people are worth talking to. I have my fans. I got my faves. But um, how are you, how are you engaging on the culture? What do you, if you're supposed to be the pop culture hot takes guy and how it relates to sports or how sports relate to pop culture? Uh, uh, what what cut you off from the world that now you're just kind of slowly shrinking on yourself? And that's that's what was so. Uh, that was that's what was such a contrast of the ringer mission statement versus shill simmons that we got now is he just isn't that expert anymore and i don't know what it is i don't know if we're just on cruise control together but it just isn't good anymore it just isn't and that's what blew me away with that that ringer mission statement is i fell hook line and sinker maybe i was vulnerable because i was going through i was rebuilding my life after my firstborn. Uh, as a newly minted parent, um, but uh, and then navigating the universe of sports, Ringer uh, Bill Simmons seemed like that guy, and then you just realize he isn't that guy anymore. Interesting. So you feel like Bill Simmons is attempting to sell the Ringer as you come to this website and to this podcast network because you are listening to people that are a mix of knowing their shit on topics you're interested in, but also a fun hang. And you would say that you don't feel that Bill embodies both of those anymore, but generally the ringer is not embodying a lot of those these days. Exactly. And, and, and if Bill is supposed to be kind of like the vanguard of what the ringer represents, like maybe that's how Bill views himself. He's like, I'm that guy at the bar that you would want to talk to. And um, uh, if he's supposed to be the guy that introduces you to other people, he's just not even doing that anymore. I mean, I, like you and I tried just talking about Ben Lindbergh and how much I love him. Like, like that article you told me about, I immediately want to jump on, on my phone. Let's go to the Ringer site. I got to read that article. That sounds incredible. Baseball's more than about just free agents and money. I got to read about what Lindbergh has to say. And uh, it's just crazy that like you don't even get a blurb from him that gives them that gives like a shout out to that or Lindbergh doesn't even get 15 minutes a month on the BS pod on Friday or Wednesday, you know, uh, to, to at least unpack some of that stuff. And what you, what, 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 what has been just so crazy about the Bill Simmons pod too, is this is something that's hot off the press is I don't know tribe how you listen to Bill Simmons, but I have him on my Spotify app. I, uh, I forget who it was in an earlier episode talked about how dog shit the Apple podcast app became at one point, like four or five years ago. Yeah. So I jumped over to overcast incredible podcast, uh, player, but my phone has aged out. I'm one of those guys that keeps an iPhone until it gets to like red battery and you can't really use it. You can't recharge it anymore. So my phone has aged out of overcast. So I had to switch over to the Spotify app as my pod player. And so hot off the press is on Spotify, 
Bill has a automated ad where oh. he markets his uh, he markets his podcasts as like the audio version of any given Sunday. Now he doesn't say that explicitly because he doesn't want to be reminded of, of what any given Sunday or any given Wednesday was. But um, but he has an advertisement. It's a quick 15, 20 second clip where he's just like, hey, BS pod. I'm the number one sports pod uh, podcast on the planet. I've got the number one all time downloads. I bring on celebrities, culture makers and other fascinating personalities to talk, talk sports and everything else on my pod. Subscribe today. And I was just going like, oh, no. What is this? Are you you really are going to try to be that guy now? Have have you been reading too much of our slash Bill Simmons Twitter feed? Like, what's going on with you, Bill? That's that is not good. I got to get on Spotify then because I'm not yeah. on it. But I I am dying to hear that ad now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm I mean it, and it's funny too because it because. Uh, uh, I have besides the great community of the R. Bill Simmons Reddit and in the Twitter feed, I have started listening to other sports pods, and it's mind blowing the contrast between those other pods and what we get from Bill. It's just insane how little Bill's actually doing. It is. Why don't I take this moment to take a break and we go to our sponsor, Jimmy John's. So Jimmy John's famously has not sponsored the Bill Simmons podcast, but they DM'd me. They reached out and they said, Tribe, we, we don't want to partner with Bill Simmons. We think he's old and washed and isn't committed to the content, but we love your up and coming podcast and we'd love to partner with you. And I said, absolutely. So Jimmy John's, man, Get, I mean, Neil, have have you, I've been loving these Jimmy, they're sending me subs. It's fantastic. I mean, can, can you, can you talk about your amazing experience at experiences at Jimmy John's? Because I can. Tribe, let me tell you about Jimmy John's. It's, it's my idea of breakfast. When I'm firing up the air fryer, I've got hash. I've got my, I've got my hash browns. I've got my cup of coffee. I've got my, I've got my uh, ringer articles open. What are we going to talk about today on the NBA NFL? The one thing that doesn't make breakfast complete is where's my Jimmy John's perfect thing in the air fryer to complete my mornings tribe. I absolutely love it. And I mean, I've got for the game today, right? We got two games. What do I have coming? I got platters of Jimmy John's coming for these games. Just incredible scenes, sandwiches of any kinds, uh, sauce dripping off of it. I mean, this is just exceptional. So, again, kudos to these guys. They 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 are seeing up and coming podcasters, and they're saying that you know we we want we want to moneyball this. We don't want to go with Bill Simmons, who's already doing. You know, he has some other you know sandwich shop. He's affiliated with Subway from back in the day. We're not going to go with this guy. We're going to go up and coming. And so, um, cheers again to Jimmy Johns for actually sponsoring a podcast who still puts in the, in the effort and is rising instead of falling. So appreciate uh, appreciate you guys listening to that ad break. And now we will get back to the podcast. <laughs> so, um, all right. So for legal purposes, that was a joke. FYI. Okay. So back to the pod. 
and that's 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 so funny that Bill like thinks they're they're not uh they're purposely not advertising for him. Um, do we need to talk more about the formation stage, or do you think we we hop into maintenance now? No, I think we can hop into the maintenance phase of this podship friendship with uh, Shill Simmons. <clears throat> All right, so the, the the floor is yours. So you start to realize, I mean, you know, when Bill charms you as a, as a newly minted listener or a newly minted reader, you 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 realize you slowly start to see the cracks as you peer closer and deeper into what Bill is actually talking about. You start. You hear you, all it takes is one hot take that is a complete miss where you're going, wait, what? Um, there's other moments where you're just going, um, um, you know, he, he might have a weird affect with a guest. He might have a weird affect with a guest where you're going, I don't understand what's happening between Bill and this guest he's talking to. So then you start thinking to yourself, well, what was the good times? What were the highlight stages or the maintenance phase of this podship or friendship where, what was the best times that you had with Bill Simmons? And for me, primarily being a podcast listener, um, you know, I just started thinking about what were like the definitive moments of the last four or five years uh, that were positive, shining moments uh, for Bill Simmons. So right off the ones that I really love, and it's funny, it's one of his video. I think he has like the full story on his YouTube page. But one of the things I love about Bill Simmons was I loved his friendship to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and the connection to Boston. Um, he has Damon on, I think in like 2019, right before the pandemic hits, where um, Damon is giving the play-by-play -play of him and Affleck uh, on with courtside seats, uh, Celtics, Lakers playoff game. It probably was a finals. I wasn't uh, savvy enough of a sports fan to know what the exact season was. But um, Damon and Affleck, no, it's, it's Damon's telling the story of how him and Wahlberg are courtside and they're heckling Phil Jackson. Yeah. And, and Phil Jackson calls a timeout because Lakers are, are not doing very well. Um, you know, they, they were, they were, they were absorbing Celtic, Celtic shots and, um, Jackson calls, calls a timeout. Everyone's coming in. Um, Kobe's close enough to Wahlberg and Damon where Damon can hear Kobe say, just give me the fucking ball. I don't care what the play is. <laughs> and then Jackson, apparently like in a response to Damon and Wahlberg heckling him points at them and barks shut the hell up and sit the fuck down or something like that. And just Damon giving that play-by-play, -play, I mean, he's a, he's a professional storyteller, but I felt like I was there and you're there with Bill Simmons. And after you build that rapport and that connection, you have the image in your, in your, in your head of what that scene is playing out, how loud it would be in crypto or a staple center at the time. It, it's like you're getting to live memories that you never actually lived. And that's what's so beautiful about sports. And that was, that's what was the best part of, of what's awesome with Bill Simmons is that just like that ringer mission statement, even though you're talking to the guy who knows stuff, he may not really know stuff, but you feel like you're also there. And for me, that was probably one of the biggest highlights is that Damon story where Damon's telling it to Simmons and by virtue of the pod, he's telling it to you. 
Damon's Damon and you and Simmons are hanging out at a bar. You guys drinking brewskis and he's telling you the story and you're there. And that's the, that's the ideal version of what makes the Bill Simmons pod so cool is that it might not necessarily be a, a celebrity interview. It might not be a sports analysis uh, that might pull you in, but something's going to pull you in and you're there. You just feel like, man, I've been here all along. What an incredible thing to be a witness to and to be a part of. So the, as you were saying that, immediately a podcast jumped to mind and it was him interviewing Kevin Costner. Now I'm, I'm not a guy who is this massive Kevin Costner fan putting posters up on my wall of him, but I can appreciate his good work, right? So he's been in a lot of, a lot of movies that people like, and ultimately been in some baseball movies and and whatnot. But Bill has been a fan of his for a long time. He's talked about it in his columns. And they did a podcast together. I'm thinking it was like 2017 time frame. And I, I can place where I was listening to that interview. And it was, so 2017, I'm a few years removed from graduating college. I had just moved. So I'm in a bit of a different city uh, with some of the college buddies I was still hanging out with. And I remember listening to that on one of the drives, a couple hour drive to see these guys for a weekend. Um, And it was just the drive went by so fast because I'm sitting in on this conversation between, you know, between Bill and Costner. And both of those guys have such Bill has such an admiration for for Costner and Costner enjoys. I think the I think he enjoyed Bill treating him with that sort of attitude but also really enjoyed giving all of the information tidbits, maybe talking about how his arm got incredibly tired for, for the love of the game. And they shot him up with some stuff uh, to make him feel better. So I just remember that. And yeah, that, that makes the pod. So it's such a great listening experience when you get a conversation like that. And look, I, I understand that in 2024, a lot of people have podcasts. Another one doesn't bring back as good of a memory, but when Ra- when uh, Bill had Rob Lowe on the pod, you know, decent conversation. I think Rob Lowe, I didn't follow him as much back in the day, but he's been on some very popular shows over the last several years. I mean, Parks and Rec, he had, to use Bill's parlance, he had a Dion Waiters moment on Parks and Rec where he came onto that show and immediately... You know, the show was incredible and he was on such a heater. So that was fun. But okay, now Rob Lowe has his own podcast. So is Bill Simmons going to be getting Rob Lowe for a podcast in the future? Probably not because Rob Lowe is going to be on there. But there's plenty of celebrities that still don't have their own podcasts. And so if that's ultimately the case, there's still room for these types of interviews. And Bill comes out nowadays on those interviews with, Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg and Jimmy Traina the last couple of months. And he's saying how he doesn't like doing it over zoom. And he feels like celebs are just doing these to get him done. He doesn't feel like he has any real conversation. Well, I'm sorry, Bill, but that's partly on you to be a good get, to be a good host, to get good questions. You need some research, need to ask questions. They haven't been asked before. I'll never forget. Chuck Klosterman did an incredible interview of Jeff Probst on Grantland. 
he was filling in for something. I think Bill was on vacation or somebody was on vacation and Chuck was doing a, cause he doesn't host a podcast, but he interviewed Jeff Probst and Jeff Probst in 2013. I think it was, he's been hosting survivor for 13 years at that point. He he's presumably been asked any question about survivor that anybody can be asked in 2013. And you know what Chuck did? He asked him questions. He's never been asked before multiple times during the interview probes stopped to think and he would even tell chuck wow i've never been asked that i got to think about that and then ultimately probes missed missed or missed the start of a meeting because he had to go on long with chuck and he told him this is the best interview i've ever done i'm not saying every bill simmons celebrity interview needs to be on that level of chuck Klosterman interviewing what is a longtime idol jeff probes and Klosterman probably had these questions for 10 years, and that's why the interview was good. I would also argue Bill Simmons interviewing Kevin Costner, similar, probably had these questions for 10 years, finally got to ask him. But let's get better than what you've done recently, Bill, because ultimately your recent celebrity work has been atrocious. Whether it was Charlize Theron, whatever it was, it's been bad, and you're losing listeners because you're not having celebrities on doesn't need to be every pod doesn't even need to be once a week needs to be occasionally needs to be enjoyable and it's not and that's what's so that's that's just that's what's so dumbfounding as a as a bs pod listener and if you're someone that's especially to the our bill simmons reddit community i mean you know bill is better than whatever it is he's been putting out these last couple of years it's like the pandemic broke him I don't know if it was the money from Spotify. <clears throat> I don't know if it's everything being isolated behind Zoom screens. Uh, I don't know what it is with, uh, with, with what's going on with Simmons. But that magic just isn't there anymore. And that's exactly, that's exactly what makes you think back. I mean, what, what's great is that Simmons being so bad has made you think back to what was so great. And thinking about those great moments are just amazing. I mean, another great moment for me, kind of in this maintenance stage of the podship friendship, was I loved his play-by-play of 2019 Magic Johnson resigning as GM from the Lakers <laughs> in a live TV meltdown. That was probably, I'm sure there might be another, another one or two recent moments where the nexus of pop culture, uh, Bill being... Uh, a mass hole Celtic fan and the Lakers just cratering on an, uh, on a, on a, uh, like an extinction level event was like the perfect moment for Bill Simmons to insert himself. And I feel like the week's worth of pods that week was just another incredible moment on why Bill Simmons was so good because you're just going like, I would not have wanted anyone better to sit, in a front row seat with with Magic Johnson melting down because it lets Bill Simmons air out everything of what made the Celtics great during the Showtime Laker era of the 80s, the rivalry between Bird and Johnson. Sure, Bird's a quiet guy now that he's retired. And a moment like that gives Simmons all the high ground he needs to just go after Magic Johnson, even though Johnson is like a a purported billionaire He's, he's involved in all of these different marquee business transactions as the face of Guggenheim Sports. Um, 
Now the Washington commanders have Johnson as a prominent uh, a voice of support and spokes, spokes, spokesperson position. Um, but that moment in 2019 was the perfect opportunity for the best of Bill Simmons to shine. And that's just one of those, those other maintenance stage events that just makes you ask, why aren't we getting any more, any more of awesome Bill? So, so can you give the listeners and, and by the listeners, I would include myself. What was that magic story? So at this point, I think at that stage in 2019, Lakers had had a season with LeBron. This is before LeBron blows up the team and we get Anthony Davis uh, on the Lakers roster. And uh, so, so I think in 2019, uh, this Lakers did not make the postseason. They didn't show up in the playoffs. Uh, they're basically trading all the future players. Um, they're trading all the future players that are now pretty good like uh, I know Brandon Ingram on the Pelicans was 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 traded off the Lakers. Um, Alonzo Ball wasn't that great, but you know he was he was still he was still thought of as a real hopeful player. But um, it was one of these moments where you have ownership in Genie Bus, you have Magic Johnson being the very uh, stage center, front stage. Uh, GM spokesperson who is quote unquote doing the trades to build the roster. And then you have LeBron being the incredible player that he is future hall of flamer famer. That's actually playing right now. Um, but he's also like a shadow GM shadow coach that you don't really quite know what to make of. I don't, I don't know if the Lakers had fired. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name. Um, I don't want to say it's Luke Walton. Who was the Lakers coach before Vogel? Was it, it was Walton? I just don't know his his name. It wasn't Walton. I think it's Walton. I just don't know the first name. No, oh, I think it was Luke Walton. Because yeah, I keep Walton. I keep getting worried that I'm going to say Bill uh, Bill Walton. Yeah, or, Luke Walton's the guy. Yep, definitely Luke Walton. So I don't know if Walton's been fired at that point, but it was. It was one of these incredible moments where what are Lakers going to do? They're one of the marquee teams in the league, if if not the marquee team, or at least they were. Um, what are they going to do to right the ship to stop being a horrible team? They've got LeBron, but who knows how many years we've got Hall of Fame LeBron or peak LeBron in them. And, um, and, and so Magic Johnson uh, has this there's – this, there's this season-ending press conference – and he calls reporter at, at Staples. Uh, he ends up calling reporters over to like a hallway where he's standing, and he proceeds to give his resignation live on the air. Uh, okay. And that is where, like, I'm sure Twitter has a bunch of magic gifs where he's doing all kinds of weird head bobs, talking into the cameras, and the whole thing is just stream of consciousness. I've resigned from the Lakers organization. Now let me let me just free flow any questions that want to come at me. And what was great is you're getting all kinds of internal dynamics being revealed about his negotiations between him and Jeannie, some some of the discussions between him and LeBron. I have never sat down and attempted to do a play-by-play of that press conference, but it's fantastic. I'm sure someone has done the 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 play the play-by-play. Kennedy assassination, Zapruder film, 
of that press conference of everything was that could have been going on in Magic's mind as he has a live meltdown on on live TV and resigning from the Lakers. Uh, yeah, that's that that press. I'm seeing it and I'm picturing it in my mind. Matt, yeah, on the mic there. So now I'm I'm getting it. Okay, so still in the maintenance stage here. There's a couple other ones uh, that you have. Sixers GM Twitter expose, which I would say is probably Apex Mountain for the Ringer. For the Ringer written articles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had to be. Yeah, and and I think that's again one of those things where you're just like. You know, you wouldn't imagine ESPN really, really doing a story like that. I would say that that story was a great quintessential ringer type of story where they're showing you a little little bit behind the scenes. They showed you the investigation that the ringer did, which I, I can't even believe I'm saying something like that. The ringer doing an investigation on a written article they've, they've published. Uh, and then, and then, on a team and venerated franchise like the Sixers, right? You have the Sixers. This is pre-Moray, uh, where it's just we have the process. There's a plan. We're rebuilding, and then you find out that that their front office is engaging in these weird Twitter shenanigans, where you're just going, "Wow, you guys aren't beneath that." That's just that's that's sad. And you love that the Ringer is the one to call that out too. It re- it really was the Apex Mountain. And you wonder why they cannot do much more uh, like that these days. And then final one. Um, oh, yeah, impact in LeBron's career. That that was kind of on the the magic idea. Yeah. You know, so what's great about Bill is that, you know, even though he might be coming from a homer or a mass hole type of perspective in how he's taking down and slicing up Magic Johnson in the live in in the breakdown of that live press conference, uh, how he relates it back to LeBron, how he relates it back to his LeBron's legacy, legacy for the Lakers. Even though you could say he's coming from coming at it from an approach of hate, or uh, or, or or just burning everything down, just just flaming on top of the Lakers. Uh, ultimately, he's right, you know to call out just how ludicrous of a moment that 2019 Magic Johnson press conference was, uh, Bill was the perfect guy to be able to say something deeply disturbing is happening with the Los Angeles Lakers right now. And I just thought it was how he did that in that week's worth of BS pods was just fantastic. And that's coming from a Laker fan where I'm going like, he's right. Simmons is right on this one. This is, this is bad. This is not professional. This was a Fortune 500 company. You're having ch- entire chunks of executive leadership getting wiped out. All right. So these were the positive times. Now let's go to what you have deemed the dissolution stage. And this is really where we've been for a while now and where we continue to be. And it's really only getting worse. And that kind of leads to this final stage of the friendship. This is where Bill Simmons, the man that we've loved, come to call a friend, brother, maybe even a father in my case, father figure. Um, This is where you're going, what? What are you doing, man? You realize something isn't making sense. Uh, this This is the equivalent where 
lies just aren't adding up anymore in a friendship where you're like, dude, you just you just burned me, man. Is is Simmons burning me? And this is where we're all realizing that Bill Simmons is no longer that guy in the bar. He's just the guy in the he, he, who knows stuff. He's just the guy in the bar that's in the bar. And he's now Shill Simmons. And he's just doing takes from the motions. He's doing takes because his deal with Spotify means he has to do a certain X amount of output a year and X amount of new shows doing X amount of pods a year. And until as long as that quota is filled, he's not going to go any further because he's likely saving it for the next thing where he wants more money out of Spotify. And that's where we're being uh, just introduced to this new guy who I want to call Shill Simmons, where Shill Simmons is just, he's not that cool guy anymore at the bar. He's this other guy who just hangs out at the bar all day and you realize, I don't want to be at this bar anymore. And you're ready to move on. Now, what was there a specific moment in time you can think back to when Bill ultimately did transition from Bill Simmons to Shill Simmons in your view? So I think, and you might have to, to anchor this tribe. I feel like when he started doing his summer sabbaticals, <laughs> at first I was intrigued. I was going, oh man, what kind of cool stuff are we going to get? And then we never got the cool stuff. We just got like watered down worst takes where he's speaking from emotion and reaction. But that's not the, that's not the Bill Simmons you're listening for. He's not the guy that you want the insight or trend-setting narrative that you're looking for for storylines that have yet to play out two, three months down the road. Instead, he's this guy who's just reading scores off the ESPN score page for whatever happened with the NFL that week. Or worse, he's bitching about the Red Sox, but you have no idea what the context is about what's going on with the Red Sox or any of those other teams. So the reason I I like that moment is I believe that the first time he came back from his sabbatical was in late, not late, in September 2022, which, by the way, this sabbatical thing is such fucking bullshit. I mean, oh, yeah, it's really hard to record a podcast. Dude, it's it's your job. It's your job. I'm doing a pod. I mean, not to compare myself to Bill Simmons, but I'm about to do it. I have a full-time job and I'm doing this podcast and this Twitter account. Bill Simmons, his full-time job is to record podcasts and he has ringer social media people running the accounts. I mean, come on here. Ridiculous. So anyway, when he came back in 2022, do you remember he talked about free apps? No. Yeah. So he came back and he's like, well, I've thought about it now that – I think uh, I'm going to lead off the podcast. I'm going to lead off the podcast every week with free apps. And it's going to be a, it's going to be five or six things, a couple minutes on each thing. And it's just going to be a, a fun way to think about sports, talk about sports or pop culture. And then the first, so he says that. And then I believe it was either that episode or the one after it might've been that episode his first free app is Kevin Durant potentially being traded or something. This is before NBA season, so it's, that could make sense. And then he talks about it for half an hour. So it completely 
was in reverse of what the entire concept was because it wasn't a free app. It actually was a main course, him talking about KD. So to your point, when did this transition? Well, Bill's throwing out these concepts for the pod that don't work. Another one for you, which I'm, I know you know and everybody listening knows, is when Bill Bill's from the sabbatical and he goes – during the sabbatical, he does he does one episode, and he goes, you know what? I've thought about it, and I don't want to do NBA hamster wheel content anymore. That's not the that's not what I want for the pod. That's not where I want to take my content. We'll leave that for other shows. We're not going to do NBA hamster wheel. And he he's fucking right back on the wheel. He's addicted to this wheel. So Bill, I get the thought process, and I agree with it, but. As you've said, and on, a, on another podcast, one of the guests said, Bill's in a rut with his content, and that's exactly it. You're in the hamster wheel rut. And you, what you can admit it or not, you admitted it during your sabbatical that you were, essentially, but you're not giving it up. For, so for whatever reason, you're not giving it up. And now I'm realizing I've, I'm, be, I've be, I'm beginning to rant about Simmons here, but that that's that's what his current iteration makes long-term BS pod fan pan long-term BS pod fans feel that there's a, there's an inkling there's a glimmer of hope that he can return to the final form and that makes us still listen that makes us still follow the guy we go to the subreddit we talk about it we stay because we we hate listen because there's that 1% he can rear back and throw the 99 mile per hour fastball and give us a prime Apex Mountain Bill Simmons podcast. But we're mostly going to be disappointed. And that's kind of what is the problem with, <clears throat> with, with, with where, sh- you know, that's part of the reason why Shill Simmons, I think, emerges, right? Bill, uh, which so brilliantly was pointed out on the R. Bill Simmons pod. Um, I forget what episode it was where you and a bunch of guests kind of broke down. Or, or I think it was just one guest that did the main Bill Simmons resume for our pod. Yes, on, yes. On, and it was an inc- it was incredible. I li- I have listened to that probably four times <laughs> oh, to get a context <laughs> for <laughs> on on where my feelings are with Bill, and it was incredible. Um, but I think you really you you very quickly realize, you know, Bill Simmons. There's a good chance his apex was ESPN. Running while he was running, he's at ESPN um, on TV, and then he's also running Grantland, and that's probably the best he was going to be because he had pods in the mix, but he had all of this content generation that was occurring that was kind of cross pollinating, overlapping with everything, and it made it just made everything so much better when he was doing that. And then for one reason or another, he decides to self destruct. He wants to take a hand grenade against Skip at ESPN by just jumping on the NFL relationship by uh, just attacking Godell's, uh, I mean, his genitalia. He's going after his ball size all surrounding the concussion, the concussion debate that was occurring in the league and society at that time. Um, and so Simmons just light, he, he, throw, he, he detonates himself on that relationship. Uh, relationships fine because they need each other more than ever, especially in these, in this media landscape. And so then Simmons is fired from ESPN 
And what I would postulate is that Simmons is just going from muscle memory. This is like what we've seen for the last five, seven years. It worked out that Spotify gave him a bag of money. But what we're seeing here and why I think the content has gotten so shallow is we're just getting lizard, lizard brain survival muscle memory here. Uh, things that he would be making for ESPN, 30 for 30 documentaries, pods, um, articles that he's publishing on The Ringer. They don't have that overlap anymore. Yeah, he might be a producer or a promoter of like the different documentaries he's doing. I mean, what's hilarious that's emerged in the last week is this this WWE Vince McMahon documentary oh, that I yeah. think is just DOA. It's just done. You, you don't release it until 10 years from now, and McMahon is dead. Like, he needs to just die. And then there's going to be a post-mortem discussion about this guy's legacy where Bill can craft whatever narrative he is that's going to that's gonna address some of the, the insane allegations that are coming out of these lawsuits against McMahon. But... Um, so what's so these documentaries that Bill's publishing, yeah, they're on HBO. I've tried watching the 1999 Woodstock one. I got five minutes into it, and it put me to sleep. I probably was watching it way too late at night, but I thought I'd give Simmons a try as a documentarian. None of that shit is anywhere near 30 for 30 material. ESPN would, would easily have passed on that documentary. Um, and then you realize the articles aren't overlapping with any of the pods. I mean, you know, like we talked about in this episode, Lindbergh has an incredible article that I immediately want to read. And yet you and I are the ones talking about it. And it's not Simmons doing a quick blurb for two minutes on a guy that is his inside guy from the Grantland days. Um, and then the pods are all disjointed. None of them are linked together. Not that I want them linked together. But you would think him being the vanguard with this new Spotify ad that I encountered in the app where he's kind of putting himself out there as as this generation's uh, cool Bob, Bob Costas or something, where he's meeting all kinds of people, sports, non-sports, cultural figures. Um, he's just not that guy anymore. And, and what we're seeing here is just, you know, the way, the way uh, you know, I don't want to call it a zombie. I don't want to call what we're seeing kind of like the machinations of uh, – of a post-life Bill Simmons, but that's that's kind of what we're seeing. He's putting out content. None of it's linked. None of it is is subconsciously kind of connected or 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 something he cares about or close to to what he sees as important anymore. And it's only gotten worse since the post Spotify deal, where he's just putting it out to meet some kind of metrics that all of us are realizing. He's just putting it out to put it out. But we know the quality is just not there. Yeah, as, as you said in, in talking and in sending notes before the pod, he is going through the motions. I mean, this, these are just the facts, 100%. Now, a couple things that you wanted to hit on, which I love all these topics because these are things that would have been explored more previously. We get Mark Cuban, the most outspoken NBA owner for two decades now, Someone who loves his team, is courtside every single game, and presumably he didn't he sell his broadcast for five billion. So presumably he should have plenty of other money because 
he bought the team for probably low hundreds of millions. So there needed to be an examination of that by Bill Simmons. The the page to Grantland Bill Simmons would have, if he didn't get information from his sources, he would have investigated that on the pod. And we only got five minutes of asking a couple questions. To me, that's not enough. You should have had on a writer. If you didn't do it yourself, you should have had on a local Dallas Mavs beat writer to examine the situation. So so that's one. And then the other the other big one, this Pat McAfee situation. Dude, where are you, Bill? Where where the fuck are you with this Pat McAfee situation? Because this this is a beautiful Bill Simmons topic. And and if Bill Simmons is in his prime, he's throwing 99 on this and he strike he he's Pedro in the 1999 All-Star game striking out Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Jeff Bagwell, whoever else he did, five strikeouts and two innings, Larry Walker maybe was on there at Fenway. That would have been Bill Simmons because it's ESPN. It's Norby Williamson, who Bill has discussed specifically in the past. He's worked with him. Is Bill Simmons pining for, for a return to ESPN? I don't think so. Like what is there a negative to speak out? And you don't even have to speak out negatively against Norby. You can just give the listener a little bit of the lay of the land about what you dealt with when you were there. And then Pat McAfee, yeah, it's it's a dueling banjo situation for sure. But Bill should respect what Pat's doing. Bill doesn't have to like the content, but what Bill should respect is Pat McAfee's doing something similar to what Bill Simmons did when he started. He's basically going it alone, and then he signed on with someone big. He's He's fomenting this incredible fan base with very loyal listeners. And baseball was Bill's sport, then it became basketball, college football, and the NFL are Pat's sports. So you throw all that together, and, and Bill should respect a guy like Pat for what he's built, again, even if he doesn't agree with the content. And he doesn't. And so these, these are topics that prime Bill Simmons would be weighing in on. And we know that Bill follows this because Bill has talked about in the podcasts both Lucas Shaw Bloomberg and Jimmy Trena. Um, on what I call his podcast tour. He was talking about just generally big sports media stories and then he'll tweet something about, like he talked about Tony Romo and then Andrew Marchand writing about it. Bill is up to speed on these stories, so it's not like he doesn't know what's going on. He's just choosing not to weigh in. And this, so this, so this is now the guy at the bar who, you know, you hang out with this buddy who has all these great ideas and concepts and theories. And then you go back to the buddy and this buddy's in a rut and doesn't have anything interesting to say anymore. And that's where we're at with Bill Simmons. Oh man. Tribe. So much there that I want to unpack. That's just brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's, that's exactly it. Uh, You know, part, part, part of what's great about being a, being an adult is, is there's the family you were born into and then there's the family that you find the friends, acquaintances, you know, quilt of connections that you develop with people that it just makes life incredible. And I'm sure we've all had this when, uh, so one of the people that you got to know in your life, you know, beside everyone should have an accountant, everyone should have a lawyer, at least someone to talk to. Um, you should have a barber. I think you should have a bartender that, uh, and what's great about, Barbers or bartenders, they meet all kinds of people. You can bounce ideas off them. And guess what? They've met a lot of people too. They can tell you about what happened, 
how so-and-so is going to bounce off, uh, bounce an idea off of what you just said. But uh, I'm sure we've all encountered this at a bar where you're going to happy hour. You're getting friendly with everybody. It's great. And then whoever the regular is, you realize that guy just tells the same story, that it's a <laughs> shtick, that it's here you thought this guy, the ringer, is telling you something that only you, tribe, were supposed to know, or only me, Neil, was a story that was special for me. And then you realize that's what he tells everyone so they'll buy him a beer. That's what is the worst about Shill Simmons. And so with these current stories, I mean, we know Bill can do this story. with, with So we'll take like Pat, Pat McAfee and um, Norby Williams Williamson. Um, it, uh, what's great about this is Bill has done at his best. He's done this set of circumstances. And that's why I bring up the 2019 Magic Johnson live TV meltdown. The context, the history, uh, how it relates to pop culture, how it relates to the sports franchise. Bill's right there with this exact thing with McAfee and his own battles with ESPN. In fact, it's the same individual. Um, you know, I studied political science, comparative, relation, uh, p- comparative governments in college. And so one of the things I love about Japanese politics is even though everything is a quote unquote unanimous consensus that gets decided with policy, there's always a shadow shogun. There's some shadowy figure that's really kind of pushing in a different agenda. And it's not to be conspiratorial or anything like that. It's just not all the interest in, a, in an advanced economy are going to be out in the open. You're going to have deals that necessarily have to be made behind the scenes. And Norby Williamson is that guy. He's the guy that skippers out at ESPN. You have a new guy. You now find out that Iger, who is for one reason or another, either the politics in Florida, the share price of Disney, the fact that Disney Plus is, is operating at a huge loss. Um, Iger fired his successor to come back and right the ship. You find out that this Norby Williamson guy is the shadow shogun. Mm-hmm true CEO of ESPN. And this is the moment where you want Bill Simmons, not Shill Simmons. You want Bill Simmons to give us that insight. When McAfee goes on live and it's just kind of, he's shooting at everything uh, with his live broadcast of what's happening to him as a media personality at ESPN. Uh, uh, This is where Bill Simmons could literally have a pod on Wednesday or Friday where he says, let me tell you about the email that I got from Norby Williamson. Yes. And you're just at that moment, tribe, you're leaning in. You're turning up the volume on your podcast and you're just like, yeah, you know what? I've been fucked over by a boss before, or I, I have been screwed over. I got to hear the front line play by play from the man himself, Bill Simmons. And just like Matt Damon courtside at the Lakers, just like Bill taking perfectly beautiful silver bullet shots at magic Johnson and his live TV meltdown. This is the moment where he could have a comrade in arms and McAfee and he can give us the play by play. Hell he gives the play by play. And then in the following episode or a week later, McAfee's on the BS pod. They're comparing notes about how Williams, uh, how Norby Williamson did him wrong. And you can just imagine the roots and branches of content that would flow. Um, you would literally have the ringer or at least the BS pod be the center of the universe when it comes to sports media, 
I mean, Bill has those connections. Nina Kynes, Schaefer. I mean, just so many, so many people already. He might not get Woj or other ESPN headliners to be able to speak on it. But he would be at the universe of sports media and would elevate the ringer into a prominence or a tier that he could operate from, even if it just plateaued for another six months after that. He'd be at a completely different a different stature, a different orbit than whatever it is we're listening to now. Like, it's funny, we talk about how, you know, he's supposed to be this VP of monetization. <laughs> and um, what's so funny about Bill, uh, or, or I should say Shill Simmons, is that, you know, like 12 months ago, he had this huge bombshell where he reveals uh, uh, Megan and Harry <laughs> are garbage Spotify podcasters, which I didn't need to know. That. I never listened to this show. I'm not compelled by any of their content. I listen to other media podcasts that are like, hey, man, whatever they're publishing, Harry and, and Megan, I don't know. We just keep adding ice cubes to the same cup of coffee. This stuff is not strong or isn't potent stuff anymore. Who knows what those guys' voices? And so when Simmons, you know, revealed a year ago that these guys are dog shit and that he actually talked to Harry saying, hey, let's whiteboard some pods. What do we, what do you got? What do you got going on over there? And Harry has nothing. It's just empty. It's just, it's just like a moth that flies out of whatever idea Harry's trying to explain the bill. You think, wow, that sounds incredible. I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more of the play-by-play. And Bill doesn't, he doesn't do it. He holds back. He says he's not drunk enough. And it's like in the same breath. He says he's either he hasn't had that much to drink. He hasn't had enough to drink to share those stories. He doesn't want to, he, he at least won't even detail the failed pod ideas of what Harry and Megan were trying to float. And then we just read about it in this deflated story four or five months later that they've parted ways. And Megan and Harry walked away with like, I don't know, $12, $16 million or whatever they're allowed to pocket without producing anything more than what they already made. But that's like another moment where you're just like, Bill, what the hell, man? You don't owe it to any of those people. If anything, you're financially secure enough to just, we can throw Harry and Meghan under the bus. None of us are going to be princes or princesses, you know? Uh, lay it out, just level with us. So you think about this McAfee thing where it's even closer. It's, it's as existential with McAfee as it was with Bill, except McAfee lived. He does the thing in the action movie where you don't think he's going to make it out. And our main protagonist is bloodied, shot, is only, ha- only has one arm with a, with a gun. He's, he's all cut up. He's crawling on the floor, firing off rounds. But he lived. And McAfee lived. He, he survived what Simmons did. And it's just this perfect opportunity where there's so many avenues for Bill to be his best. And we just got Shill Simmons. <laughs> we just got Shill Simmons these last couple of weeks where it's like, the hell are we doing? Bill could have aired out that first email he got from Norby. Bill could have talked about, because he talks about, and this is something we might talk about later on in our discussion. He talks about on other pods how he could not trust certain people. He knew he was being, uh, he was being torpedoed by people that weren't the people he was communicating with at ESPN. Uh, in some of these other podcasts where he's a guest, Bill has talked about, he doesn't name names, 
but it to me it smells and sounds like we're talking about Norby Williamson <laughs> and Bill just doesn't give us any of that benefit it's brutal and oh by the way I have an extra 15 minutes so we got about yeah so we're good um okay so love all that and right as you were talking I said you know what now that I'm thinking about it it would be it would have been the perfect BS pod for Bill to bring on Pat, and then and then you just said it, so it's that I totally agree. Okay, let's let's talk about Bill Simmons and sports media. Bring on a Pat McAfee and Brian Curtis. So you're now so you're now having a podcast that not only is going to be one of the most listened to podcasts, not only in sports, just in general. It's going to be oh my goodness. Bill Simmons and Pat McAfee talking, got to get on that pod. So it's great for downloads. And then, oh, shit, Brian Curtis has a podcast. Everybody's going to be listening to that. And then they'll start subscribing to his pod. So what a missed opportunity. You're so right. I hadn't even thought of Pat being on the BS pod, but that that could have easily worked. And, and Bill has let his ego get in the way because what you said is right. Pat McAfee survived. Bill doesn't like that because he didn't survive as opposed to just respecting the fact that Pat did what he did. And of course, if you listened, you as in the broad, you, if people listen to my Pat McAfee versus Norby podcasts, I said, Hey, here, here's 15 Twitter people from all sorts of the spectrum. They, they either hate Pat's content, they, the Pat's content, they love Pat's content, whatever. But they're giving Pat some respect for what he did with uh, with Norby. So whether whether it was Jamel Hill or Sage Steele, I mean that kind of that kind of brick. If you got Dave Portnoy and Jamel Hill on the same side of an issue, you know that there's universal dislike for one guy in particular, which is Norby versus um, what Pat was doing. So totally agree with that. And then let, let's also do this. Let's do. You you wanted to cite some interviews that Bill's done, both uh, Mark Marin, which I either haven't listened to recently or have not listened to it, in which case I need to solve that pretty immediately, um, and the Smartless appearance, which I did listen to that very recently, so we can talk about that. Oh, totally, totally. Well, and, and what's hilarious is with McAfee, even if Bill doesn't want to get into the weeds, he's got Matt Bellamy, he's got Derek Thompson to explore all of these huge trends that are emerging in this season's sports leagues. I mean, uh, Matt Bellany, I'm sure, and Derek Thompson could have, especially Bellany, could have contacts to figure out what's going on with Cuban sale. What are the the forces behind the scenes that are moving those things forward? You just don't sell your majority stake in the team (laughs) out of nowhere for cash. So it's, it's not that and, 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 and so it's not that Bill doesn't have access to that type of analysis. It's just what we're getting is this reactionary lizard brain kind of going through the motions where, yeah, I'll do a five-minute speak on it on my pod when if he was a strategist, if he was somebody that was thinking strategically, especially if he's thinking about doing next steps after Spotify, um, you would think, hey, I've got the, I've got, I got Brian Curtis. I've got the people here. 
I've got I've already got the crew to 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 spool this out for the next month or two, especially especially as the NFL is winding down and we're going to be in the po- we're going to be in the post playoffs. I mean, it's, it's just a great thing to talk about that Bill isn't referencing, and that kind of leads to, you know, we, we've been talking about this dissolution stage of the pod ship, and one of the things besides one of the things that's really clear with Shil Simmons is that. I mean, he's not, he's not running the ringer strategically. He's not this guy that's playing, playing chess. If anything, it's some weird, it's some weird watered down version of checkers that we're all watching play out in front of us. And the other way, besides him doing these official actions at the ringer, um, I think the other way that Chill Simmons has been expressing himself is as a guest on other people's pods. And you can take, Oh, I mean, I was only going through maybe a half a dozen of his appearances. What I love about the Marin podcast appearances is that Marin first goes on Bill's show, and Bill is a competent host on that episode. And then when Bill comes on Marin's show eight months down the row, Bill is some weird, super guarded guy. He's the complete opposite of the ringer personality mission statement that you would want him to be. Yeah, you know, Marin, Mark Marin famously is kind of like a left-leaning comic, does a lot of observational society takes on his comedy. He's very neurotic with himself personally. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he has a whole addiction personality as well. Uh, and recovery is a huge part of what makes his interviews really cool. Um, so you would think that's the perfect pod for bill simmons to just unload not necessarily in a vindictive way but just relieve yourself of the burdens you've been through and the war you've been fighting for seven years and this was before spotify gives him a bag of money so he's still in the grinder of trying to launch the ringer and bill simmons is not that guy he ends up being shill simmons super guarded doesn't want to say anything and we can unpack this more in that episode um but it was this perfect opportunity for him, for, for Bill Simmons to level with his audience. Mm. And instead, Shell Simmons comes out and it just was not a good, I mean, Marin did the best he could. It's a fantastic listen, but you learn nothing about Bill that you already didn't know if you were already a Bill Simmons fan. Okay. So let's talk about, so first of all, totally agree. And that's why, it's been proposed before, oh, why, should should Simmons go on Rogan and Rogan go on Simmons because they're both at Spotify and that there would be some synergy. Joe Rogan could go on the BS pod. Bill Simmons could not go on Joe Rogan's podcast. It would be a complete disaster because Joe would want him to get introspective. And if there's one thing Bill Simmons hates more than Boston teams losing, unless, unless they're in the running to get the number one pick, it is talking about himself and being introspective. So self, uh, the ability to introspect oneself, that is not Bill Simmons' calling card. He will never do that. So it's not a surprise that he was the same way on Marin. But um, the Smartless episode, so I'm curious your take because one of the my favorite segments from that one was when Jason Bateman, to his credit, asked him about sports gambling. Incredible. I'm I'm almost surprised that they left that in the episode. And I think Bateman even said before the question, 
hey, if this is too much for you, if you don't want to talk about it, we can move on. And he didn't, which was great. Maybe they cut some stuff that, that he didn't say. Who knows? But I thought that was tremendous. And then Simmons kind of – he has to wiggle out of it because he knows where his bread is buttered, which is FanDuel. Oh, completely. And and so <clears throat> so that Smartless episode, I think it was uh, – it came out October of last year, 2023. So this is contemporary Shill Simmons here. That's a great – kind of microchasm as to who this who this guy is that we're all kind of having a falling out with and that's a great point tribe like so in that episode i think at that point it's at the 47 minute mark smartless is a great pod they're very crisp wonderful about their pacing what's great is there's three hosts on there that all provide different comedic avenues for the guests to open up but at the same time if you're not someone that's savvy on the guest or savvy with any of the hosts, um, all of them are comedians. You got Jason Bateman, Will Arnett. Uh, I think Sean Haynes is on there too. That's his name. But um, all these all these hosts are fantastic for being able to just extract so many cool things that they're interviewing their guest about. So Simmons goes on there, and it's probably one of the most like stale bread, guarded appearances that shill simmons makes when he's a guest on other people's pods so i think at that point um yeah yeah so like you said at the 47 minute mark of the episode it's pretty long into it um what was really mind-blowing with shill simmons was bateman asking this question and because so much of shill simmons content now is these par these parlay link bets it's the over-under discussion without any other analysis on what's going on with the NFL. Um, he immediately does not opine at all on how he feels about the proliferation of gambling. And I'm not somebody that I, I gamble. I don't do too much gambling. I mean, I'm in the office pool when it comes to Super Bowl picks. I do fantasy football. But it's one of those things where it's like, Gambling's kind of like one of those vices, like smoking, like alcohol, where you know a certain percentage of the population should not have ac- free access to those things. Sure. And if you have an addictive personality, this is not going to be a good thing. And so, what I find really fascinating is that uh, we were talking about quant work or quant metrics before. I mean, you have all of these advanced statistics that are coming out with how we measure player performances, team performances, um, and then try to break it down in relation to salaries and revenue generation. I mean, there's so many ways you can slice up performance. And so what's great, uh, what's good and bad is that gambling is, is one of those other quant metrics. And unfortunately with Shill Simmons, because he understands how much of his revenue stream is being generated by his deal with FanDuel, all the TV media appearances that him and Cousin Sal do, where they're not going on mainstream sports shows, they're instead on gambling shows. Shill Simmons understands how his bread's buttered. He's not going to talk bad about gambling. When uh, uh, when that opportunity came up in Smartless, he, he just went for the worst reactionary take he could, which was... I'm just going to sidestep it. I'm not even going to say good or bad. I don't want to get aggregated. I'm going to play it safe. And I'm just going to sidestep the conversation on the gambling. And I think Bateman is subtle enough to realize, okay, that's all we're going to get. Let's move on. 
but it was just one of those moments that uh, was really disappointing. And I think the other thing that comes out of that specific moment in that Smartless episode is Shil Simmons apparently said, uh, he makes the statement that his 2022-2023 season over undertakes uh, for, for his NFL gambling picks last season, he was ahead. He was like majorly ahead. And even though I haven't done the deep dive, I'm pretty sure the Reddit Bill Simmons community uh, has the documentation in place to say, no, Bill, you're dog shit. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. I would love that to come out in the Twitter feed uh, post show. But when he said that, I was like, I, I don't know. That doesn't smell right. But I also don't have the free time to go investigate that. Now, someone actually does track those. So if, if anybody's yeah. listening, yeah, I've got to find that guy on Twitter because that is impressive that he's doing that. But let, let's do this. So I think I think we've gone through this, the stages here. And I think that – so I he, here's the final two questions for you is, number one, do you feel like you've truly broken up in your pod ship with Bill Simmons, or do you feel like you're hanging on and you want to salvage it? And maybe there's some things that Bill could do to salvage it, or are you pretty much down to ghost, don't reply to his text and podcasts and his download stream and leave him be? That's question number one. And then question number two is simply the the takeaways not only from this conversation, but just in general your your built up thoughts about bill simmons from over the years and um what what you uh what your takeaways are for both your future with bill simmons and bill simmons's future well i think that's perfect Trad. um you know in my life i've always been someone i've never been a ghoster i will come straight up at somebody and say this is not working I don't know what's going on between us, but it can't move forward as it is. And then I just let it fade. Um, I do I do the treatment and then I recover from the treatment. And I feel like my life has been pretty good about that. Um, uh, but what's been incredible about the R. Bill Simmons community is that we have demonstrated the strength of why we all enjoy Bill Simmons and that we're all fans we want this guy to be his best. And as much as I want to break up with Bill, I know his best, his best isn't what Shil Simmons is doing now, but it's going to be the next thing. And until that next thing arrives, I've got a community and a group of personalities like you tribe. I've got the Twitter feed on the R Bill Simmons pod, and I've got the Reddit to just really live out how incredible the journey has been so far so that even if we don't get to the next stage, I'm okay with hate listening or comic listening to Shill Simmons at the moment. <laughs> so that's the, that's the easy answer on number one. I'm going to listen. Uh, I have not listened since I have discovered this, uh, discovered your pod tribe and been reading the Twitter feed, but I think I'm slowly coming back to, I'll listen to some clips. Uh, if there's something that seems compelling, uh, I like all the doc, the Doc Rivers comment he's been he's been publishing. Um, I, I should go back and listen to that stuff. All right, briefly before you answer the next one, Bill Simmons, 
I know you're listening. You just heard that you are hemorrhaging another listener to the Arbro Simmons podcast. So here's my proposal. My proposal for Bill Simmons is to hire me to do a sports media podcast at the ringer. So the, the trade offer is still out there. Bill Simmons, will you pick up the phone and talk with tribe? The decision is up to you, but now the, the second take the second point, the takeaways tribe, I'm ready to run out into the street. The way Bill called out Belichick, I'm ready to call out Bill. We need <laughs> Tribe at the Ringer, Spotify, ASAP. Let's get the trade going. It makes too much sense to not do it. Huge. But the second thing I'd say about, about Shill Simmons is I think it's very clear he's not a strategic guy anymore. There's all of these incredible opportunities that he could be more than just a guy with a pod. He could be a player, not in someone that is a content creator, but he could drive narratives for the leagues he's covering. And we know he's that guy. He's been that guy. He's been that guy. And what we've been getting in the last six, seven years, but especially after the 2020 Spotify deal, is a guy going through the motions. And we just got to take it for what it is. He's done better things. Whatever he's doing now isn't that anymore. And I'm looking forward to whenever he gets back to doing that because I know he can do it. He's going to do it at some point. And then, the, and then the other thing is that, you know, Bill was a guy that used to call trends out. He was ahead of the curve, and he's got the people to still do that. He's just right now chasing them. And I think that's part of why the content has been what it's been. He doesn't know what to say because it's already been said. McAfee's drying the narrative, the ESPN execs, whatever's going on in the macro economic landscape of the sports media right now and the leagues themselves. Uh, what's happening with streaming? What's going on with regional cable sports networks? Uh, how are teams going to monetize, self-fund? Are there new teams on the horizon for all of these leagues, which is all likely? Bill, instead of looking from behind, needs to be at the vanguard in front of the pack. And he's got to have the people doing uh, what they've already done with, with the people he's already trusted. He's got to be able to get ahead of those trends and get back. He needs to stop doing what he's doing, and he's got to move forward and be the best version of Bill that we that we've all known him to be. And we don't need Chill Simmons anymore. We don't. We don't. I want it. Look, this podcast. I'm being a little bit facetious when I I I can't say that word, but when I do this podcast, I'm saying Bill's listening. I mean, it, it is part partly a joke, but also. Somebody does need to get the message to Bill that he is past his prime. So there are things he can do to improve the podcast that really aren't going to take much effort, man. I mean, they, these are, as you just said, he's done it before. This is what's so incredible about this is he's done it before. He knows how to do it, but for some reason he just chooses not to do it. It's, it's very strange. It doesn't make that much sense. And as I've discussed many times in this podcast, and as I admit, and as you wanted to discuss, and as guests I've discussed, he got the bag. He got 200 mil. He probably got most of it because he owned most of the Ringer slash Bill Simmons Media Group. He made millions of dollars each year at HBO and ESPN. I'm sure he's made a killing with all these, these real estate buys in Malibu because – 
man, I mean, if you were buying real estate in the 2010s, uh, you know, everybody checked their house value since the pandemic. It's gone up a lot. So th this guy is making making hard cash. This guy is worth tons of money unless like Mark Cuban, he blew it on crypto, which I don't think he did. And that's my theory on why Mike, Mark Cuban had to sell the Mavs is he lost a bunch of money on crypto. So he, he's got it made in his life. Here is where I think, and I've talked about this on a different pod, but I do agree with this. I think here's where I think we can really get the old bill back. Maybe he is playing out the string because he feels like he is on an expiring contract. He is in keep cash in Dem checks mode because he has to fulfill the Spotify contract. So here's what I want. I want at the end of that Spotify contract, I want either he stays at Spotify, but he podcasts less and he writes occasionally for the website. So I, I either want that or I want a sabbatical or I want new venture and that could come after a sabbatical. So those could be linked. I want new venture with only top tier Grantland slash ringer people at the venture. I want Bill not potting to fill time. I want tighter pods or less pods or both. And I want Bill Simmons, the writer, to come back, whether it's mailbags, the occasional column, whether it's adding to his book of basketball and re-releasing it. That is what I want back. So and I don't think any of those are out of bounds. I don't think any of those can't happen. And I also think, look, if you want to take a year sabbatical and maybe do a podcast a week or a month during that, fine. But I'm sorry, Bill Simmons in 2024 doing three podcasts a week, mostly NBA hamster wheel karaoke with ringer lackeys and not writing at all and half of his NFL content simply being gambling wins and losses and fantasy football, I'm fucking tired of it. You're tired of it. I'm tired of it. Most people listening to this podcast are tired of it. And we're challenging you, Bill. Put out better content or we will stop listening to that content. Bill, be Larry David, curb your enthusiasm. Get it done. You got a second wind in you. Let's get it done, baby. We're challenging you. We're challenging you. Um, all right, man. That was a blast. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Tribe, keep doing the beautiful things that you're doing with this pod. I love being a member of this community. We're going to keep crushing it, all of us together. Love it. And, yeah, so, th so this was definitely more of the, um, the philosophical pod. But, um, yeah, if you want to come back at any point and to get more specific, we can uh, 100% do that because I'm sure there's going to be other things that are going on that we can chat about, but um, yeah, we can, we can definitely do that, but I appreciate you coming on and bringing a different perspective. And we did do a lot of bitching about Simmons too, but, <laughs> but I do, I do appreciate um, structuring the pod this way because I think, um, I think people are really going to like this one. Absolutely. Tribe. You know, like I said, it's all coming from a point of love with Bill. We just want to be better. It is. Yeah. And that that's ultimately people wonder on the subreddit and on the Twitter account, they go, what do you like this? Is this a hate podcast? Do you really dislike this guy? And I'm like, no, it, it does. I used to love the guy it comes from a place of love. And sadly, uh, you know, he just we want him to be better. And he's not he's not as good as, as what we want him to be.
that we know him to be on top of that tread. Exactly. Well, Neil, total blast. Love doing it. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll see you around the, the Twitter streets. Oh, maybe, maybe final thing. You don't have to reveal your name if you do, but are you commenting on the sub or are you just an observer? Just an observer. Uh, I'm working up to getting involved. I, I, yeah. I am a type of person where once I do get involved, it's going to take hold of me. So I just got to pick my moment and make sure I got the free time to, to do it right. Um, but that, I'm just that, an observer. That is very fair. You have this. You have more self-awareness than Bill Simmons. You have the awareness that if you did make an account, you would be um, you'd be on it. Okay, so so that's that's fine. But yeah, so anybody, look, if you've listened to this podcast for an hour fifty at this point and you're you're not on the subreddit, go check out the sub. I mean, it's a great place, and it's um, it's a this podcast was bred out of the sub for long form conversations, extending on what we talk about in the sub. So. Yeah, happy, uh, happy you're reading it, and um, yeah, oh, man, I'll see you around Twitter. We'll, um, I'll see I'm you sure on Twitter, Tribe. Dorian sure we'll Neal is who I am. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be in contact very shortly. I'll have the Twitter account both in the pod description and also the um, and also the uh, the tw- the the tweet that I put out for the pod. So people, uh, if you want to interact with with Neil here, you can um, you can do that on Twitter. Or on X. All right, man. Cheers. Very much appreciate the time. You were very gracious with it. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Tribe, I'll see you around. All right. Cheers, man.